Hello and welcome to Talking Utter Slot, the podcast for the slot car fan, the racer, the collector or the just plain curious. It's almost like you wrote that down previously. I, I did, I did. What are we going to talk about this week, Peter? Um, I don't know, all sorts of stuff, I think, Scott. Okay. Now okay. I haven't really written things down, have I? Ah, you swine. Um, well, we were going to, there's a whole load of stuff that's caught my eye. Uh, that's good. We'll get to come by. We're going to talk about um, what's written down the side of the Carrera British Racing Green Truck because, and the reason we're going to talk about that is, when we saw the picture of it in the Carrera Range Reveal video... We couldn't read it. We couldn't read it. And we were intrigued by it. So for people who didn't see it, it's a big green truck with a giant rear wing with a union flag on it, six wheels... It's called Brimstone on the front, and it had words written down the side, and we couldn't make out what they were. And we speculated that somewhat optimistically, I think highly optimistically, that if there was anyone uh, listening who could tell us what it was, they should get in touch. Well, someone got in touch. Did we have a letter from Mrs. Trellis in North Wales, Scott? Uh, No, much further afield, actually, all the way across the channel in Europe. Not Wales, not Wales. But thank you for the... Um, I'm sorry, I haven't a clear reference. I'll appreciate that. Um, what it says down the side of the truck is, and I quote, the most noble order of the controller. As in, like, the most noble order of the garter or whatever. I want to say thank you to the person who put us out of our misery. But now I have so many more questions for the person who put us out of our misery. The most noble order of the controller. I think I think it's so uh, taking a lead from the order of the garter, which is the only other sort of thing I can think of. Um, I think it's sort of a it's an award, it's an honour that's bestowed upon people for specific reasons. And I think we should assume that if we get to the end of this year and we're doing another Talking Utter Slot Awards program, we should have, you know an award to the noble order of the controller that waits for the person we think deserves to be specially recognised. I like your thinking there. You didn't like that in the script. I like your thinking. The noble <laughs> order of the controller is a, is a, is in our purview to uh, bestow, lots of words there, on someone we think has stood out. It could, and we might even get them a Carrera racing truck. Yeah. Heavy, heavy emphasis on the might. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> the podcast isn't making well it's not making any money you don't mind <laughs> yeah. um, so <laughs> that is not the point but no, the point is I, I was very excited that we got a letter it was an electronic <laughs> communication but let's call it a letter uh, because it meant someone was listening, listening. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean it really did make my week so thank you very. you know who you are uh, you wisely want to remain anonymous, but thank you very much. Hang on, Scott, you're assuming that they have continued listening. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, sorry to oh. bring you down. <laughs> that's, yeah, well, that's crushed now. That's a bit brutal. Uh, but that's, yeah, yeah. All right, well, we better go into what's caught my eye this week. Yeah, what has caught my eye this week? Mm. I noticed that the Avant slot transits are, transits are out, the transits. I didn't quite appreciate previously, I'm sure I read it, it just didn't sink in, that they're resin. Um, and I'm pretty sure it's sunk in that they're 200 quid. Oh, and then some, 220 plus postage. Ah, gosh. Uh, uh, cheaper cheaper uh, if you're on the other side of the channel, it would seem, but then there's the whole issue about that. Um, 
I saw a picture of one, and forgive me, I can't remember who it was, on Facebook, and it, they'd obviously bought one, and it was on their track, and it looked lovely. Uh, but what particularly caught my eye was the reflection across the windshield. Now, before you think I'm very weird, let me explain. Um, it really <laughs> it highlighted how flush the windscreen was and how nicely shaped it was. And so it wasn't that kind of what I might expect on a low volume, almost handmade model where it was, you know, yes, there's some Yeah, this looked really nice and it looked, had a sort of, you know, the impression of a rubber seal. Anyway, I was very impressed with the quality of the thing. Uh, and as you know, I was already quite tempted and I'm more tempted than I was. But then I worked out, crucially, that I could have three and a half slotted cars for one transit van. Oh, and I—that's isn't good. Two hundred and thirty quid, did you say they are? Yeah, mm. yeah. For one transit van, and it, which you're not going to race, you're just going to pick it off the shelf, put it on the track, maybe do two or three laps, and, and then go. That's very pretty. I'm, uh, I like that. You put it back on the shelf, and then a little voice in your head will go, "Why did you buy that, Scott?" Oh, that happens all the time. Mm. <laughs> So yeah. Anyway, so I think it's great. I think it's lovely. It looks as though it's, I'll be looking forward to seeing one in the material of manufacture. Um, but it, from the pictures, it looks good. It looks it looks stunning, and um, I think it's it's interesting to see that because there's other people doing um, trans well not transits but doing vans. Well, no Ford car, Ford car model, fly car model. I've been reading up about Red Bull Racing and Ford. Um, <clears throat> fly car model are doing their transit, aren't they? And I'm sure somebody else is doing a Citroën or something, or has done a Citroën. Is that the little Hobby Classic one? Hobby Could Classic be. are doing an old van. Hobby uh, Classic, I, as a brand, keep popping up, don't they? It's Something's happened, and I don't know enough about what, uh, but the other people who have long existed, really. I've got an old hobby classic resin Spanish sports car thing, which is lovely, but it's ancient. Um, but they've just done that series of racing colour Bugattis. Can I just ask you, when you say it's a, you didn't give it a, a make, a mark, is it that dubious resin? Pegaso, is that it? Oh, okay, yeah, that old Spanish brand. Okay, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, My experience of resin is unfortunate. I was going to say coloured by that um, galaxy that I bought recently at Swindon, I think, maybe somewhere else, um, which is a bit, it's nice, but it's a bit, meh, it's a bit rough around the edges. And I always think resin is going to be meh, a bit rough around the edges. But those transits look pretty good. Well, I'm no expert on making toy cars, but I would have thought the old days when people were doing low volume <coughs> manufacturing, so they would have hand carved a mould and then used resin to make it, etc., because they weren't going to do injection moulding. These days, if you can scan something or you can get the files off Tinternet and you can make the mould accurate enough, then surely the resin will be just as accurate as the mould is. No? This is blowing my mind. So you're saying you could go to Tinternet, get the specs of a car van, Put them into some system, make a mould, and okay, this is the modern world in which we live in. Uh, I, the other thing that um, my experience of resin is back in the mists of time when I was just getting back into toy cars. I'm really excited by my various Ninko purchases. I made the foolish mistake of buying a team slot Nissan GTR 32, which is one of my dream cars. It's in my dream car garage. Um, 
and uh, this thing was had a vague resemblance of an R32. Certainly didn't go like one. It was awful. And from that point on, I've actually been pretty anti-resin and probably still am. The transits, very impressive. Very nice. Yes. Also very nice, also in resin, is the, and I'll have to read this one, the FV Slot, which is a new one to me. FV Slot Toyota 7 Turbo. Did I tip you the wink or had you already seen that? I I saw it on slotcarpassion.com, good website to go to. And I just thought, well, that's right up your alley. But it's right up mine as well, because I, I don't know what it is about that Toyota 7. You, you'd filled me in on a little bit of the backstory, which is a bit grim. But the beast itself is just a beast itself, isn't it? It's a fantastic-looking machine. Uh, yeah, I mean, for those who haven't seen it, and Google is your friend here, if you Google Toyota 7. And um, Slotcar Passion is your friend, isn't it? Indeed, yes. Um, it was built to Can-Am regulation, so it's a fairly typical Can-Am car of the late 60s, early 70s, in as much as it's got a huge engine, a tiny cockpit, and a kind of swoopy body. Um, it did have a big wing. It was, I think, uh, from memory, without re- looking at all the books, it's something like the fourth or fifth Toyota 7. The 7 refers to the regulations it was built to, so Group 7, which was Can-Am. And, um, but this one never raced because they had some fatal accidents in testing. Um, and without going into too much detail here, uh, the people who died or the person who died was rather important and it was all a bit embarrassing and the whole thing got sort of cancelled. Until about uh, 20 years ago, uh, when people in the Toyota Museum used coming to Goodwood as an excuse to recommission these old cars. Uh, And so they were made into running order and brought back over again. Uh, As I say, uh, must be 20 years ago now. So, um, questions which would take us possibly off toy cars, but that's fine, I think. you said it was wedgy and had a bit of a wing. It's got a massive great wing on the rear. It's a <laughs> well, it's not a tea tray. What is it? It's the lid off a coffin that doesn't fit because we've just been talking about the teeth. But um it's a massive thing. It's also it looks to me like a McLaren eight, is it? I think there's a McLaren something something eight. It looks like one of those, which is a beast of a car, but on steroids. Uh, yeah, well, I think one of the things that helps it is it's got that wonderful, a bit like a 917, uh, the rear deck goes over an otherwise exposed engine exhaust rear suspension, so there's no rear bodywork on it, and of course that always makes it look uh, look exciting. Mm. Speaking of which, in complete left field, <coughs> one, of the gr- one of the great things I saw on pictures coming out of the German Toy Fair was of ah. the prototype of the Batman, Batmobile car. I saw that. Yeah, I I hadn't seen the movie, so this was a, and the picture that was in the lot range announcement was a front three quarter. Yeah, and so it just looked like a slightly odd Camaro or something, but this thing's got a ruddy huge V eight hanging out the back of it with no, I mean wild. Um, be interesting to see how it handles as a slot car, but certainly wild. Uh, it looked it looked insane actually, but I that Batman movie's kind of escaped me. I mean, I'm not a big Batman fan, and the whole I would have expected to say, there'd be more hoo-ha in the media about the Batmobile, possibly, I don't know, because Batmobiles, Batman movies almost are defined by, if not the actor um, taking priority, the Batmobile of the, they've come up with for the next film, I'm struggling with my words here, also tends to be a sort of star of the show, but I haven't, until the Scalectrics release, I really didn't know there was another Batmobile. 
I'm guessing, and I think it's because this Batman was a bit darker. Yeah. Uh, so it was a bit more about the internal struggle rather than the external toys. Oh, the poor soul is, is traumatised, presumably. Yeah. He's, yeah, he's a very... Yeah. Well, you know, his mum and dad were killed and he's bitten by a bat and he's very rich. So, you know, there's not much going well, for him. Issues, issues. Always issues. Anyway, um, so uh, going back, FS slot, FV slot, sorry, Toyota Tur- 7 Turbo, 125 euros, um, Revo slot running gear, so it will go like stink. Uh, it looks lovely. I would have definitely bought one in a previous existence, but I'm going to wait and see. I might not. Again, it's two slotted cars. That's my <laughs> that's that's my new reference for everything. How many slotted cars? <laughs> the other 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 thing about it uh, about resin is I always have in my mind that they're just not going to be durable, and so the fact they've married this up to a, a Reva slot or Reva slot. Um, makes me slightly cautious because there's quite a lot of mass to this thing, isn't it? I mean, resin itself is presumably a bit chunky and weighty. There's that metal chassis, chunky and weighty. So when that thing hits terminal velocity and leaves the track, other people might pass away. (laughs) Well, I suppose the trick is to not leave the track. But Uh, uh, I think also, uh, as we were alluding to, I think modern resin casting techniques probably mean, and I don't, my experience is zero in this, probably mean that the body is actually not as heavy as you might have imagined from your past experience of a team slot Nissan. Yeah, which isn't a good reference point I uh, openly accept. Hmm. What else has caught your eye, Scott? Oh, um, (coughs) now, this is going to be an expensive one for me, I can tell. The Scale Auto, uh, or Scale Auto, as we know. Well, I I like Scale Auto. Sclotto? Hmm. That sounds like... No. Anyway, Scale Auto. Um, lots of stuff being shown there. A lot of it kind of passes me by, but, 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 uh, I'm a huge Le Mans fan, and the new cars, the new regulations, both for IMSA and Le Mans, uh, call them what you like, LMH, GTP, whatever, the new top-class Le Mans, so the Porsche, Ferrari, BMW, Toyota. Scale Auto have shown three of the new cars, uh, I think two of them already in livery, so they're quite advanced with it. Uh, uh, look- uh, but did uh, you look at them and think, wow, yes, they've put paint jobs on them already, but I believe they're 3D prints that have been painted, aren't they? They're not test moulds yet. I yeah. Have I been suckered by my enthusiasm yet Possibly. again? Uh, or, yeah, or confused by my ignorance. Um, well, uh, anyway, th- so those caught my eye, and I thought this is, this is good, because I know SRC... Had said they were going to be doing these cars, uh, and they're going to be very lovely, and they're going to be very quick, and they're also going to be very expensive because I think the current price for one of their LMP cars is a hundred quid. Uh-huh. Uh, so that makes that relatively easy to overlook. So I'm assuming um, we know what that does, but I'm assuming that the scale auto cars will be uh, higher volume and they are therefore a little bit cheaper. So basically, an SRC in your terms is one and a half slot hits, roughly, roughly, yeah. roughly, one point four ish. Just keeping to the Scott scale. <laughs> well, it's you know, it's that whole thing. Everything gets compared to a double decker bus or the size of wheels. Yeah. Uh, so I think that's roughly like that. Anyway, what about you? anything else? Uh, sticking with this because it's of interest to me because the 
LMP ones and twos of say the last five years really left me cold and I wasn't interested in them. These more modern ones kind of have me curious. I watched a bit of the um, Daytona and I, I uh, the qualifying and the race, and I'm more interested because there seems to be a bit more variation in the look of the beasts at the front at least. Um, I thought SRC were going to do the hypercars. I didn't know they are they going to do the Beamer and the Acura. Acura. Acura? Well, I think this is this is where so a lot of the bit of background. So the real finally at last a common sense is broken out in sports car racing, and <coughs> bit bit of a generalisation, but Le Mans and Daytona, so Europe and America, have got the same rules roughly. So the Porsche will race in both. And the BMW will eventually race in both. Um, the Ferrari, not this year, but it will race in both. Except the Ferrari, hang on, the Ferrari is a hypercar, isn't it? It's a hypercar. So hypercar, GTP, LMH, these are all kind of designations for the same thing. The no, top are end. they? So that yeah, beeper yeah. that went round Daytona was a hypercar? Yeah, it's a G- it's a GTP car because it's in IMSA, but they will have they will that will then enter Le Mans as well, and it'll be in that top class. Okay. So it'll, it'll compete against the Toyota and the Peugeot and all that stuff. Not going to lie, I am clearly quite confused and bamboozled by all this, but I will go and do some research. I'm curious. I don't like Ferraris. That one is a pretty mad looking Ferrari. Um, it's very lovely. They're doing lots of testing. I didn't say uh, it was lovely. I said it was mad. What? No, it's very lovely, and it's. I think they are doing everything they can to win Le Mans this year. They're winning Le Mans because it's the hundredth anniversary of the first race. It's not uh-huh. the hundredth race, but it's the hundredth anniversary. Yeah. So cool. Le Mans this year is a bigger deal than it is normally, uh, and all these new regulations, new manufacturers. So it's all going to be. And isn't it? Isn't this year also the sixtieth year of the nine eleven? Wouldn't it be sweet if Porsche won? On the sixth year of nine eleven, the hundredth running of the Le Mans, that would be a. Could, is it that? Uh, I would have thought the nine eleven is older than that, but maybe uh, I, well, I'm not a nine eleven. I, I own lots of nine elevens, but they're all <laughs> one thirty second scale. So I don't know. Um, I don't know my nine eleven history. Sorry, I don't um, actually own that many nine elevens. Suddenly thinking about it, well, there's a, there's something to get one with for the rest of the year. Yeah, a project. <clears throat> so anyway, I think sports cars in general make good slot cars, uh, and these are all new, exciting things. So new shapes, new brands. I think it's all good. And if there's, they are, yeah, they are new shapes. They're yeah, they're they're. Stop saying yeah, yeah. They're, yeah, um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. They're yeah. an area that's actually been a bit neglected. Stopping and thinking about it. I mean, um, um, slot it had their Lola. Um, and they've done Audis in the past, T18s, were D18s, something 18s, Quattro 18s, I don't know. But they haven't been many of them in recent the years. SRC aside, with the utterly unworldly Toyota model, which I've got one of. Um, which you're and biased the, towards. Which I'm somewhat biased towards, but also the, the upcoming I'm Porsche biased. one. But. Those those aside, sports car top level sports car racing has been a bit, um, yeah, a bit abandoned by slot cars. So there were lots of Group C cars. Everybody loves the Group C cars. We had the LMP cars, so the Audis and to some extent the Peugeots. But those are all now fifteen fifteen years ago, ten years ago. So the modern era uh, has has not been well served. Well, yeah, I, so tell a tell a lie. There was a slot at Audi, wasn't there? 
Yeah, that's what oh, I just said. Uh, yeah. you listening? Yeah, and there's also the Ginetta that I think that um, Skelextric did. I, uh, you know, if we had a lawyer and we don't, they would be now sitting opposite me, going, "Scott, don't see what you're about to see." But oh, say it, Scott, say it. Go on, go on, go on, go on. That that Ginetta really annoyed me because Skelectric went to all the trouble of making it, and the real thing, I don't think it actually did a race. And if it, really? it was no, I think because it, it was a complete. It was a, it was. It was just obviously never going to be a good thing. It was all hope and what's it? I don't know the details behind it, but I think it, I think it best it ran in qualifying somewhere or other, you know. Oh. But you know, but they'd invested in the mould, so they had to do it. But we had Porsches and Audis and Toyotas that were actually turning up in racing and winning races uh, that we could have had in that same category. So um, yeah, I've, I've, it's not my that Janetta is never ever. Coming into my collection. Ginetta, whenever I think of Ginetta, I, I tend to think of two things. Plucky Brits and men working out of sheds. They don't inspire a lot of faith. <laughs> I think I'm being unfair, but that's just what I think of when I think of Ginetta. Because I seem to recall their kind of kit car days and think, hmm. I think you Plucky... be hacking down <laughs> the lawn straight at 200 <laughs> plus miles an hour in a... Well, that's, yeah, plucky Brits at Le Mans. I mean, I think one of the great things about Le Mans was always, and it's something that's sadly, I think, missing now, you know, the days of Alan de Cadeny getting yeah. an, old, an old Lola and, you know, putting some new bodywork on it and cobbling together a few sponsors and coming third. Yeah. Uh, and lots of weird and wonderful long-tailed French things that had, you know, yeah. just looked beautiful. So I, I like all of that, whereas, and I think you were talking about this earlier, where more recently it's just been a whole field of the same LMP2 car painted slightly different colours. Yeah. So uh, so I, I think the plucky Brit thing I quite like, uh, and the out of a shed thing I quite like, and clearly not in the modern day of, you know, safety, etc. But I think that's one of the things that's attractive about these new rules and the fact that there's now five or six different manufacturers coming in is that there's going to be something different. Yes, for a I, I, I can see it's something different and it's it's got me curious, whereas before I was like, meh, now I am genuinely curious. Talking of men in sheds, of course, Ken Tyrrell famously started in sheds, didn't he? And ran a Formula One team out of his shed. I was going to say, he didn't just start. He stayed yeah. in that shed for a considerable period of time. Yeah. yeah. The other thing that about um, Scalotto that um, I was borderline excited about regarding um, the Nuremberg Fair was they had, I saw pictures of the 124th M6, which is going to be a thing of beauty. But I mean, that's, big... that's been sitting, I'm sure weren't there pictures of a 124th BMW M6 from Scalotto at the last toy fair? Probably I don't. I, I, I kind of have selective blindness for sort of HO and one twenty fourth because there are avenues that I can't afford to go down, so I don't even look. So I'm very. I try to be quite myopic in my one thirty second. So yeah. there may well have been, but no, I, I don't know. There were, and I got quite excited because uh, I don't know. I don't like Beamers. I keep saying I don't like Beamers, but an M six. I don't know what it is about that M six, particularly in the Varkenhorst livery. Brilliant. I love it to bits. And also well, the one that ran in um, Super GT is just uh, gorgeous. Wow, some nice liveries. I like that Total Total one, Total. which was announced by Carrera. Very nice. That was um, a nice one, yeah. You can get yeah. decals to do the Total um, M6. Decals, Total. Um, <laughs> um, just doesn't well, if you, 
if you're looking for a GTC fix, of course, uh, I think it's from, uh, well, we're, as we're recording this uh, at the weekend, uh, Bathurst 12 Hours oh, yes. is uh, yep. imminent, uh, and that will be lots of GTC cars um, trying to squeeze through a track which isn't big enough for them. And I watched a little bit of the quali last night, and there was a car I'd never heard of that had shed a couple of wheels, I believe, at the top <laughs> of the hill, and one of them had gone bouncing down the road. And I surely, I thought they called it a sis something or other. You can't have a car called a cyst. Cyst, as in C-I-S-T. Yeah, they didn't call it that. It was cis, I thought. but um... Cisitalia? No. don't know. It looks sort of spacey, but it did also look a bit bent uh, and was missing two wheels. <laughs> <laughs> so it may not make the race. That's yeah, I mean. well, I think they said they had a spare one in the, in the paddock somewhere, which is amazing. <laughs> Here's one we made earlier. May not have passed scrutineering, but it's alright. Bathurst. I I find Bathurst quite exciting. I like watching Bathurst. I like running around it on Gran Turismo, and I like watching it on the telly box. And I, I pretty much always have. They did some fantastic work back in the. And we're digressing it, but they did fantastic work back in the day, getting cameras into cars at a really early stage, didn't they? And didn't they also used to talk to the drivers as they were hacking round? Um, the the, cor- the corn well not the corners but um yeah, no I think there was I think there were uh, the comrade the 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 early days of uh, all that in car stuff yeah I mean I think because we, we used to get I mean you know, younger listeners have to try and imagine this scenario where they've got wall to wall internet access to every race in the world but you would get probably what twenty minutes of highlights. On one of uh, our three one, channels. Channels. Telly, yeah. <laughs> it was. Uh, it must have been on um, Dickie Davis' World of Sport, I reckon. Yeah. So it was, and it would be potluck whether you caught it or not, because there would be no pre publicity yeah. about what was on and when it was and on. And you didn't have so, a video recorder to record it. It was just, it was on and that was it. But I always quite liked, I mean, they had cars that were exciting to me Jags and um, Skylines and stuff. Big Holdens uh, with big arches. Yeah. Oh, um, and that brings us round to the Commodore. There's, uh, there's pictures of the Commodore at Nuremberg. Um, there's, there's quite a few. You said there's quite a few pictures of almost finished product, whereas Scalectric's released just a whole load of kind of renders back, well, only a couple of weeks ago. I can't quite understand why they couldn't have taken a few more decent snaps. But that Commodore, I, I said to you, I don't know what it is about that darned thing. It's, it looks a bit of a battleship or a cruise liner of a car, but it kind of appeals. I love the fact it's going to exist. It's going to make the XGS and the SD1 look quite small, <laughs> it I think. Is, isn't it? I'll bet it's going in the Blues Brothers box because it's and so importantly, big. it appears to have um, a interior. Certainly, there's a guy in yellow at the moment uh, driving it around Nuremberg, um, because I thought all Scalectric's Aussie releases tend to um, have blacked out windows of the supercar uh, series. I might be wrong. Uh, maybe another listener will write into us. Uh, another listener, get me another listener, another yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. that'd Almost be good. An audience, um, oh. <laughs> but I thought they were blacked out windows always, which I always thought was a bit I don't know, mean and not very good. But to see that there's a yellow guy sitting in this uh, Commodore is, um, I mean, I don't know quite why I'm quite excited about them because it's going to be scalectric, it'll have knurled axles, it'll probably be a bit rude. The wheels will be far too far inside the arches. And actually, it'll be probably the wrong colour, red. Oh, oh dear. It was, all go- it was all going it so well. It, go. <laughs> it oh, was all uh, going so well. I don't know how much time we've got. 
There's also pictures of the new Camaro. Drive number eight on slot forum I saw had put a picture up or put a comment up about saying something about um, Wankel will be happy with the greens, or he hopes I'm happy with the greens. I'm very happy with the look of that. And will you sell your Bastos one to buy a green one? No, I, I fear there's a collection brewing here. Um, possibly I will need to clear space for a shelf. But if they're going to put out a few of those, again, there's something about the shape of those Camaros. I'm not a big Yank Tank muscle car guy, but those Camaros tick a box for me for some reason. And I can see that I might end up looking, going down the 3D chassis route, which really disappoints me. Why? Why? Ah, oh, because it's money, and I won't be able to. Well, I won't be able to race it anyway at the club I go to because they don't do Trans Ams. But um, yeah, <clears throat> to make it work well, I think it's going to have to have new internals, which is sad but true. Let's travel optimistically, and you know when it comes out, we'll stick it on a track and we'll see how it goes. Yeah. Yeah, and you'll, you'll <laughs> I'll probably see it's fine, and you'll see it's terrible. But then let's wait and see. Let's wait yeah. and see. I don't. I think just to. I don't do shelf queens um, really at all. He said thinking about it. <laughs> but, but all of my. Uh, I say these things, and I. Oh no, I've just lied. Um, all of my cars, pretty much. I'm trying to think of one that hasn't been run. Even some limited editions that I should never have run and are worth a bit of money now have been run. Um, so, but I can see myself clearing a space for a few few more Camaros. Keep them coming, Simon. I, I'll say this to you, Simon. If you want your three quid back, let's have another couple. Let's have the Umig uh, Camaro. But talking oh, about... That three quid is history. Well, uh, again, for those who are wondering, uh, you've had a habit of showing up at swap meets without essential items, uh, principally money, in order to oh, get oh, in. Don't explain it to them. Don't explain it to them, right? If they want to find out the backstory, there are six previous episodes that they could listen there, to. There are indeed. But just for the interest of... But uh, there is a swap meet coming up. At oh, the, yeah. the NSCC, the National Skeletrics Collectors Club swap meet at Milton Keynes, uh, which is on the 12th of February. So if you're listening to this before the 12th of February and you don't live too far away from Milton Keynes and you fancy going to a swap meet... And you've got at least three quid in your pocket for entrance fee. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm not sure what the entry fee is, but it won't be much less. more than that. Was it less than three quid? I think it's only a couple of quid. Uh, Even better. So there's more more chance of you getting in, or at the very least, (laughs) it'll cost Simon less to get you in. What? Um... Are you going? Have you been? What do you think? Well, here's the thing. I was toying with the idea of going, but increasingly I'm thinking not. I can't find a whole heap out about it. I even asked a question on Slot Forum about you know who the retailer is going to be. I haven't been for at least five or six years. I, it, I think it used to be the only one that I would bother going to. I think NSCC had the kind of... Um, monopoly of swap meets almost. Well, in my mind they did. But Gaiden has spoilt me somewhat. So it's the same kind of travel time for me, but it's just easy, lazy, straight up the motorway kind of stuff. Getting to Milton Keynes is a bit twisty-turny, whatever, shouldn't really be a problem. But I need a motivation to go, and at the moment I'm not feeling it. Back in the day when I went, they used to bring over, it drew over a lot of um, Spanish traders, collectors, and so there was exotic stuff to see, um, even if I wasn't buying it. But... um, I can't find a great deal out about this NSCCCC swap meet, and that's leaving me a little bit disappointed. Gaden, the 
PR for Gaiden is certainly much better. Okay, well, well to, you know, to be fair, <clears throat> club, the club is a club and it's run it by is. Yeah, yeah, private yeah. punters, etc. But, um, but you know, if anyone's listening, um, let us know on the forum <laughs> or whatever. Anyone is anyone listening? Um, I'm in two minds. I think I I love I love a swap meet. I, I remember the excitement. I, I, the excitement of going to this one before when I think you had to be a member in the past. You don't know. You, you know, anybody can show up. But um, and as you say, there was things there which you didn't see anywhere else. Again, kind of pre-internet or early days of internet, so it wasn't as easy to see and be aware of or indeed buy all the stuff that we can now do at the click of a switch. But I still find when I go to a swap meet, uh, it's interesting to see stuff. I probably buy things I wouldn't buy online. Um, Yeah, that's just a general vibe. And also the meeting people and saying hello and all that good stuff. Yeah, uh, the, the, there's the social aspect of it, which is good. I think I'm going to be a, probably a bit disappointed, um, more so than with Swindon, in that so much new stuff has been announced. I kind of want to see it now. Um, more importantly, I want to buy it now. Uh, instant coffee generation. Now, 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 now. You've told me about it, so give it to me or sell it to me. Um, so I might be a bit disappointed that none of this stuff that I am getting excited about will be there. I mean, I could go along hoping to see a, a Scalotto NSX, but I don't think I'll see one there either. I have actually got oh. one now under the stairs at the moment. I have a white kit, so I don't need to see to see one. Okay, well, that's, but the, the the itch remains real, obviously, until you've built it. Yeah, yeah, it does because there is there is quite. A, I'm going to reveal deep psychological. Um, discri- problems here but there's something good about going and seeing these things at least seeing them it's like being a kid uh we had a model shop um back in the town i grew up in and i used to go down there quite regularly on a saturday and i wouldn't necessarily be buying a lot but just seeing a lot of it was cool and having a quick flick through the the tamir catalogue was quite cool until the guy said oh put that down or if you're not paying for it (laughs) yes (laughs) You were right. That probably was an insight we didn't need. No, no. I think <laughs> I think it's, uh, and I'm sure the traders, uh, you know, would tell us that they know when they lay out a table of stuff, they'll probably sell it. Whereas if it was listed on a website, it might not move. Yeah, uh, I think. Uh, and you know that there's something. It's all human psychology. We get caught up. You know, there's a bunch of blokes all crowding around a table thinking. What's there? What's there? Let me see. Let me see. Oh, I'll better yeah. buy that before he buys it. And, uh, Do you ever get that? Yeah. You're, there's a little huddle around a table, and um, you, you, you're, something's caught your eye, and you just watch, but you can't get to it. You're not in the front. You're not right there at the table, and you're thinking, "Oh, don't pick that up. Don't pick that up, mate. No, no, no. You don't like Group C Toyotas. No, you don't. Put it. Don't pick it up. Oh, you picked it up. You swine. Um, not, no, that quite like, not quite like that. No, no. You know I'm what? I think to... I need to go into therapy before we do another podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm more. Worried. I'm not very good at haggling, so uh, and I hate that kind of because you know. I mean, I don't see. It's a twenty quid slot car. Well, I can easily afford twenty quid, so why haggle about it to get it to fifteen or eighteen or something? You know, <laughs> people so. haggle at swap meets. I didn't know that was a thing. Well, I've seen it. I've seen it happen. What would you give it for? What would you do? What would you do those for? You know, I, it's, it's, I think it's why I couldn't be a slot car trader because I just go, it's written on it. Anyway, so my anxiety at slot meets is about. <laughs> well, so uh, any trader, if you're listening and you see me coming, mark it all up by a five. 
Because I would, I go, I'll just pee. <laughs> it's yeah. lovely having, and I must just say this because one or two of them may be listening. Uh, it has happened more than once where I've bought you know one or two things, maybe three things, and the trader themselves has said, "Oh, we'll give you that," and it's a pound or a couple of quid knocked off. And I love that, so thank you. And I feel far happier that it doing it that way than me being some barrow boy going and having to argue for a discount. A couple of gardens ago, um, there was uh, the pendle table is always quite uh, early doors as you go in. It's right there on your side. And they were doing some kind of clearance of stuff. And uh, it wasn't the set cheese stuff. Um, I picked one up and I was keen on it. And I I simply had a question. I took it. It wasn't Sean. It was one of his um, chaps helping him out. And I picked it up and I sort of waved it at him and went, this, I think it was a Lancia, this Lancia. And before I could finish my sentence, he said, yeah, what is it? Um, 25 quid. Well, we'll do it for 20. And I, I only had a question about it. I wasn't going to buy it, but I just thought, damn, I'm having it now. <laughs> Don't care. My, my, whatever qu- query I have, whatever fault it might have, whatever my doubt was, you've just knocked a fiver off. I'm happy with that. Thank you very yeah, much. Well, that. well done. <laughs> Well, do you know what it sounds like? It sounds like we're quite keen on going to swap meets. So I'll we'll probably, we'll probably see. Mention of Sean, uh, the guy who runs Pendle, for those who don't know, but on uh, one of the last week, I think, Electric Dreams interview sessions, uh, I think it was recorded back in uh, November, but uh, nevertheless, it's it's on the Electric Dreams YouTube channel. Uh, there's a quick interview with Sean, and there was an earlier one with Julie Scale. So, uh, were, to... Well, I haven't got around to them, but I think they're possibly... Um... Good things to do. I, I I won't do it now, but I'll just build this up. I think I don't do a bad impersonation of um, Sean and his Lancashire accent. So that might get us closed down as well. Yeah, let's not do it. I mean, think of the potential show sponsors. Think of think of that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Anyway, I, th- I think that brings us to a, a fortuitous close. Um <laughs> <laughs> threatening to do impersonate online retailers. Yeah, yeah. Last last time it was singing to some impersonators. Anyway, thank you for listening, uh, and if you've enjoyed it, why not subscribe or send us a letter? Or yeah, a genuine letter or an email, or pigeon post or smoke signals. <laughs> it's all right. I'll fade this bit out, Scott. Don't worry. Okay. See you soon. See ya. Take care.